Book One, Chapters One through Five of The Consoling Thoughts of Saint Francis de Sales by Jean Joseph Huguet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book One, Consoling Thoughts on God, Providence, the Saints, Chapter One: The Inclination Which God Has to Do Us Good. As soon as man thinks attentively on the divinity, he perceives a certain sweet emotion of heart which testifies that God is the God of the human heart. And never does our understanding experience more pleasure than in this thought of the divinity, the least knowledge of which, as the prince of the philosophers says, is more precious than the greatest of all things else. As the least ray of the sun, is brighter than the brightest of the moon or of the stars, yea, is more luminous than the moon and stars together. And if any accident surprises our heart, immediately it has recourse to the divinity, acknowledging that when the world looks dark, it alone is good, and when danger threatens, it alone can save and preserve. This pleasure this confidence which the human heart naturally takes in god can only proceed from the conformity that exists between the divine goodness and the soul there is a great but secret resemblance between them a resemblance that cannot be denied yet cannot be understood we are created to the image of god we have a close connection with his divine majesty besides this conformity there is a constant intercourse between god and man for their reciprocal perfection not that god can receive any perfection from man but because as man can be perfected only by the divine goodness so the divine goodness can nowhere out of itself be so well displayed as in regard to our humanity the one has great need and capacity to receive the other great abundance and inclination to bestow nothing is more suited to indigence than affluence and the kinder affluence is the stronger its inclination to give the more needy indigence is the more eager it is to be satiated the meeting then of affluence and indigence is sweet and happy and we could scarcely say which should enjoy the more contentment, abundance to be communicated, or deficiency to be filled, had not our Lord told us that it is a more blessed thing to give than to receive. But where there is more of happiness, there is more of satisfaction. The divine goodness then has greater pleasure in giving its graces than we have in receiving them mothers have sometimes their paps so full that they cannot refrain from presenting them to an infant and while one takes the breast with avidity the other yields it yet more willingly the infant drinking pressed by its necessity and the mother supplying drink pressed by her fecundity thus our deficiency has need of the divine abundance through the misery of its dart but the divine affluence has no need of our indigence unless through the perfection of its goodness a goodness which nevertheless does not become better by being communicated 
for it acquires nothing by expending itself, but our indigence would remain failing if the abundance of the divine goodness did not succor it. Has not our soul, then, considering that nothing can perfectly content it, that its capacity cannot be filled by anything in this world, that its understanding has an infinite longing after more extensive knowledge, and its will an insatiable desire to find and love what is good, has it not reason to exclaim, Ah, I am not made for this world. There is some sovereign good on which I depend, some infinite creator who has placed within me this boundless desire for knowing and this hunger which cannot be satisfied it is therefore necessary that i should tend forward and stretch out towards him in order to be united to his goodness to which i belong such is the conformity that we have with god chapter two the eternal love of god for us consider the eternal love which god has borne towards you for already long before jesus christ had suffered for you on the cross as man his divine majesty destined you to life and loved you infinitely but when did he begin to love you when he began to be god and when did he begin to be god never he has always been without beginning and without end and thus he has always loved you and it is from all eternity that his love prepared for you the graces and favors which he has given you he says by the prophet i have loved thee speaking to you as to everyone else with an everlasting love and i have mercifully drawn thee to me among other things he has thought of making you take good resolutions to love and serve him oh how amiable is this great god who of his infinite goodness has given his son as a redemption for the whole world yes alas for all in general but still in particular for me who am the chief of sinners ah he loved me i say he loved me me that is myself such as i am and delivered himself to his passion for me we must consider the divine benefits in their first and eternal origin o god my theotime how can we have worthy or sufficient love for the infinite goodness of our creator who from all eternity designed to create us to preserve govern redeem save and glorify all in general and each one of us in particular who was i when i was not i i say who being now something am nothing but a more contemptible worm of the earth and yet god from the abyss of his eternity thought thoughts of benediction on me thus he meditated and appointed the hour of my birth of my baptism of all the inspirations which he would give me and in a word of all the benefits which he would bestow upon and offer me alas is there any sweetness like this sweetness in its love and mercy the divine goodness prepared all means general and particular for our salvation 
yes indeed as a mother prepares the cradle the linens the swathing bands and even a nourishment for the infant to which she is about to give birth so our lord in the desire of bringing us forth to salvation and of making us his children prepared on the tree of the cross all that was requisite for us our spiritual cradle our linens our swathing bands our nourishment and all else that was necessary for us these are the means the attractions the graces by which he conducts our souls and draws them to his perfection we must consider the divine benefits in their second meritorious source for do you not know theotime that the high priest of the law carried on his shoulders and breast the names of the children of israel that is to say precious stones on which the names of the chiefs of israel were engraved behold jesus our great bishop and look upon him from the moment of his conception consider that he carries us on his shoulders accepting the charge of redeeming us by his death even the death of the cross o theotime theotime this soul of the saviour knew us all by our name and our surname but above all on the day of his passion when he offered his tears his prayers his blood and his life for us all he darted forth in particular for you these thoughts of love alas o my eternal father i take upon me and charge myself with all the sins of poor theotime to suffer torments and death that he may be acquitted of them and that he may not perish but may live may i die provided he lives may i be crucified provided he be glorified o sovereign love of the heart of jesus what heart can ever praise thee sufficiently thus within his breast maternal breast the divine heart foresaw arranged merited and impetrated all the blessings we possess not only in general for all but in particular for each one and his paps of sweetness prepared for us the milk of his motions his inspirations and his sweetnesses by which he draws conducts and nourishes our souls to eternal life benefits will not affect us if we do not regard the eternal will that destined them and the heart of the saviour that merited them for us by so many pains especially during his passion and death the divine love seated on the heart of the saviour as on a royal throne beholds through the window of his pierced side all the hearts of the children of men for our lord being the king of hearts keeps his eyes always fixed on hearts but as those who look through lattices see and are not seen so the divine love of this heart or rather the heart of this divine love always sees ours clearly but we do not see it we only get a glimpse of it for o god if we were to see it as it is we should die of love for it adore its sovereign goodness which from all eternity named you by your name and designed to save you destining for you amid a variety of things of the present day that on it you might perform works of piety and salvation 
according to what has been said by the prophet i have loved thee with an everlasting love therefore have i drawn thee taking pity on thee on account of this thought you ought to unite your will with that of our most benign and merciful heavenly father in these or such like words cordially uttered o most sweet will of my god be ever done o eternal designs of the will of my god i adore you and consecrate and dedicate to you my will to will eternally what you have eternally willed o oh, may i then do this day and always and in all things thy divine will my sweet creator yes heavenly father for such has been thy pleasure from all eternity amen o oh, most agreeable goodness may it be as thou hast willed o eternal will live and reign in my will for ever o god what resolutions are like those on which god has thought and meditated from all eternity how dear and precious they should be to us how much we ought to suffer rather than lose any of them no indeed we ought not to lose any of them though the whole world should perish for all the world together is not worth one soul and our soul is worth nothing without its resolutions o oh, dear resolutions you are the beautiful tree of life which god has planted with his hand in the midst of my heart and which my saviour wishes to water with his blood to make it fructify i prefer a thousand deaths rather than permit any one to root you up no neither vanity nor delights nor tribulations shall ever make me change my intentions ah lord thou hast placed this beautiful tree after having kept it eternally in thy paternal bosom to transfer it at length into my garden how many souls there are that have not been so favored and how can i humble myself sufficiently under the hand of thy mercy o beautiful and holy resolutions if i preserve you you will preserve me if you live in my soul my soul will live in you live then forever in me as you have been eternally in the mercy of god and may i be ever faithful to you chapter three confidence in god founded on the consideration of our own misery not only can the soul that knows its misery have a great confidence in god but it cannot have a true confidence unless it has a knowledge of its misery for this knowledge and confession of our misery introduces us to god thus all the great saints job david and the rest began their prayers by the acknowledgment of their misery and unworthiness so that it is a most excellent thing to own oneself poor vile abject and unworthy of appearing in the presence of god that celebrated expression among the ancients know thyself while it refers to the knowledge of the grandeur and excellence of the soul not to be degraded and profaned with things unworthy of its nobility refers no less to the knowledge of our unworthiness imperfection and misery inasmuch as the more miserable we recognize ourselves to be 
the more we should confide in the goodness and mercy of god for between mercy and misery there is a connection so close that one cannot be exercised without the other if god had not created man he would have truly been all good but he would not have been actually merciful because mercy is exercised only towards the miserable you see then that the more miserable we know ourselves to be the more occasion we have to confide in god since we have nothing in ourselves in which to confide diffidence in ourselves proceeds from knowledge of our imperfections it is very good to diffide in ourselves but what will it avail unless we cast our confidence on god and expect his mercy do you know that you are a poor little creature love to be such glory in not being anything be quite at ease since your misery will serve as an object for the goodness of god to exercise his mercy upon among the poor those who are the most miserable and whose maladies are greatest and most affecting are considered the luckiest of the poor and the most proper to obtain alms we are only beggars the most miserable are in the best condition and the mercy of god regards them the more willingly let us humble ourselves i beseech you and preach only our sores at the gate of the temple of divine piety but remember to preach them with joy consoling yourselves to be all emptiness that god may fill you with his kingdom be sweet and affable with everyone except with those who would wish to take away your glory which is your misery i glory in my infirmities says the apostle and it is more advantageous for me to die than to lose my glory do you see he preferred to die rather than to lose his infirmities which were his glory you must guard well your misery your baseness for god regards it as he regarded that of the sacred virgin men behold the exterior but god beholds the heart if he sees humility in our soul he will bestow great graces upon us let your heart then be full of courage and your courage of confidence in god for he who gave you the first attractions of his love will never abandon you if you do not abandon him which i beseech you with all my heart not to do chapter four god has given us everything with his divine son great indeed was the gift which the eternal father made to the world when he bestowed upon it his own son as our lord himself says god so loved the world that he gave it his only begotten son how then says the great apostle st paul has he not given us every other gift with him you remember well i am sure the beautiful history of the holy patriarch joseph which has already been so often told but which can never be too much considered being viceroy of egypt his brothers who dwelt in mesopotamia came suppliantly to him in order to be assisted by him in the extreme necessity to which their good father jacob and they had been reduced 
in consequence of the famine which desolated their country. You know also how kindly he sent them back to their father, laden with wheat. But when they brought him little Benjamin, he sent them back, not as on the previous occasion, laden with grain and provisions given only by measure, but also accompanied them with the richest gifts, and with wagons filled with all they could desire. In the same manner, we see the Eternal Father acts towards us. For although in the old law he made very great presents to his people, yet they were always made by measure. On the contrary, in the new law, from the moment of beholding his dear Benjamin, that is to say, our Lord, re-enter into his glory, he has opened his most liberal hand to pour forth his gifts and graces on all the faithful most abundantly, as he had said by the prophet Joel, that he would pour out his Holy Spirit on all flesh, that is to say on all men, and not merely on the apostles. Besides, you know what Isaiah says of our Lord, that he should receive infinite graces, and that the gifts of the Holy Spirit would rest upon his head. And the Spirit of the Lord, he says, will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and fortitude, the Spirit of knowledge and piety, and he shall be filled with the fear of the Lord. But why does the prophet say that all these gifts would rest upon our Lord? since he neither had nor could have any need for them, being the very source of grace himself. Merely to make us understand that all graces and celestial benedictions should be distributed by him who is our head, allowing them to flow down on us who are his members, I mean to say, children of the Holy Church, of which he is the head. And in proof of this truth, hear what he says in the Canticle of Canticles to his beloved. Open to me, my spouse, my sister. He calls her spouse on account of the greatness of his love, and sister to testify the purity and sincerity of this love. Open to me, he says to her, but open to me quickly, for my head is full of dew, and my locks of the drops of the night. Now the dew and the drops of the night are but one and the same thing. What do you think, then, does this well-beloved of our souls mean to say, unless that he ardently desires his beloved to open the door of her heart quickly to him, in order that he may be able to pour out his sacred gifts and the graces which he has received most abundantly from his eternal Father, as a dew and most precious liquor, of which he wishes to make her a present. It is a thing most certain, and one which ought to greatly console us, that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master, in all the rigor of justice, and with a just price, paid and made satisfaction to God his Father for all the punishment that we have merited by our sins, and not only for all ours, but for all those of the whole world. This is what the great doctor of the Gentiles declares to the Romans, saying that where sin has abounded, grace superabounded. He had there, he meant to say, sins in abundance, but graces in superabundance. 
and by grace we are to understand satisfaction our saviour seeing that the divine majesty of his father had the interests of human nature extremely at heart without inquiring of the price or of any other thing at the very first in order to redeem us presented with the most pure and liberal affection a ransom which neither we nor the angels could procure a satisfaction much greater than all that the sins of the world could require when st paul says you are bought with a great price the price indeed is great and in harmony with the excellence of the thing a great deposit was that by which our lord lodged in the hands of the paternal justice all his precious blood of which the least drop is far more valuable than all the worlds we could ever imagine it is no wonder then that our lord having made such a payment should destroy the decree by which we were delivered over to the hands of the devil remarks the great apostle but i beg of you listen for a little to the theological reason of this satisfaction is so much the greater and more valuable as the person who makes it is great distinguished and of more merit example if i have received an injury from a prince and he sends me a footboy in order to be reconciled with me and to make me satisfaction this is not a great honor but if he sends me his own son who makes me satisfaction and begs me to be no longer offended this is a great honor this satisfaction is greater than the injury could have been and in truth how is satisfaction to be made for honor unless by rendering honor but honor is greater in proportion as he who renders it is more exalted for the least honor that a prince renders is worth incomparably more than all the honors that a man of low condition could render so much does honor depend on him who gives it let us then say if honor is so much the greater as he who renders it is the more dignified if satisfaction is so much the greater as he who makes it is the more exalted what must be the satisfaction of him who is infinitely great the honor rendered and the satisfaction made by a personage of infinite perfection cannot but be infinite let us now see where we are our lord was an infinite being he satisfied for us his satisfaction was infinite oh then how well could david say in our lord there is great mercy and the satisfaction ample and excellent god truly infinite has been offended jesus christ truly infinite satisfied man had been elevated by pride against god himself our lord was humbled under every creature understand this well being equal to his father he humbled and annihilated himself even unto death which is nothing else than a kind of total privation and therefore god his father gave him a name which is above all names the name of jesus which signifies savior as if he had said he is justly saviour who being infinite has paid the debt in all its rigour 
with an infinite satisfaction. Chapter 5 The Love of Jesus in His Incarnation The love of God is always inseparably united with the love of the neighbor, and according as we love God, we likewise love our neighbor. Hence, the love of Jesus Christ towards His Father being infinite, His love towards men is likewise infinite. To give some certain proofs of it, from the moment of his holy conception, he loved us with a marvelous love of complacency, for his delights were to be with the children of men, and to draw man to himself, becoming man himself, in order that in his humanity we might be able to approach and see him with our eyes in heaven, and by faith here on earth, in the divine sacrament of the Eucharist, he loved us with a love of benevolence, giving his own divinity to man in such a manner that man became God. He united himself to us by an incomprehensible junction in which he adhered and was pressed to our nature so powerfully, indissolubly, and indescribably that never was anything so closely joined and pressed to humanity as is now the most holy divinity in the person of the Son of God. He poured himself entirely into us, and, so to speak, dissolved his greatness in order to reduce it to our littleness. Whence he is called the fountain of living water, the rain and dew of heaven. He annihilated himself, St. Paul says, to arrive at our humanity, to replenish us with his divinity, to overwhelm us with his goodness, to elevate us to his dignity, and to bestow on us the divine existence of children of God. He who dwelt in himself, wishing to dwell henceforward in us, he who was living during ages of ages in the bosom of his eternal Father, desiring to be made mortal in the womb of his temporal mother, he who had always been God, becoming man for eternity, Ah, oh, how beautiful we look upon him, a little infant for us. Certainly we ought, with a hundred thousand times more contentment, see this dear little infant lying in the crib than all the potentates of the world sitting on their thrones. This amiable condition of a little infant excites us to love him confidently and to confide ourselves lovingly to him in whom we find all. His poverty and his silence in the manger tell us much greater things than any human eloquence could, and raise within our hearts many holy sentiments and affections, above all, a perfect renunciation of the goods and pomps of this world. I do not find any other mystery which so happily blends tenderness with austerity, love with rigor, and sweetness with severity. Let us remain at the feet of this Savior, saying with the spouse in the canticles, I have found him whom my soul loveth, I will hold him, and will not let him go. The infant in the crib does not say a word, and his heart, full of ardor for ours, is manifested only by signs, tears, and sweet glances. But what great things does this silence say to me? It teaches me to make true mental prayer, 
it shows me the loving fervor of a heart full of good thoughts of holy affections a heart that is afraid to lose their sweetness by expressing them during his mortal life the sweet jesus never heaved a single sigh towards his father in which we had not a share or entertained a single thought which was not for our happiness though we were iron through hardness or straw through weakness we ought to love him he is a divine magnet that attracts iron a celestial amber that attracts straw in a word he is the centre of our hearts pronounce often from the depths of your heart the sacred name of the saviour it will shed a delicious balm through all the powers of your soul how happy we should be to have nothing in the understanding but jesus in the will but jesus in the imagination but jesus let us try and pronounce it often and devoutly may this divine infant be pleased to bathe our hearts in his blood and to anoint them with his holy name in order that the good desires which we conceive may be all purpled and perfumed therewith let us a thousand times kiss the feet of this saviour and say to him my heart o my god desires thee my eyes seek thee out i sigh for thy countenance that is let us keep our eyes fixed on jesus christ to consider him our mouth ever ready to praise him our whole being athirst to be agreeable to him end of book one chapter five